0: Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. And with the season at its end, I was back on 600 AM KGEZ, talking to Anthony Knockreiner on the Knock on Sports. In this show, we talk about the Seahawks' loss to the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round. We talk about priorities for the Seahawks in free agency coming up this offseason. And we look ahead at the potential Super Bowl matchups, talk about the Super Bowl matchup we want versus the Super Bowl matchup we might actually end up getting. So stay tuned, check it out, and subscribe to the show, SBNation.com slash NFL podcasts. Coming up tomorrow in your podcast feed, we'll have three in, three out with myself and Clinton Bonner. And if you're subscribed, you'll get that right to your feed as soon as it's released. So here it is, my conversation with Anthony Knockreiner of the Knock on Sports.
1: Welcome back to the Knockout Sports and joining me via the Whitefish Credit Union hotline it is my good friend Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast as we recap the Seahawks' loss to the Packers as well as get his thoughts on the AFC and NFC title game matchups. Brandon, it is great to chat with you, my friend. I was hoping it'd be under better circumstances, but at the very least, Russell Wilson almost saved the day.
0: He almost did. He had an opportunity. He had the ball with about four minutes left in the game. Thanks to just a huge play by the Griffin brothers that, you know, really, it was a memorable moment of, of maybe even the entire season. Shaquem Griffin getting his first sack. Russell Wilson gets the ball back and You know, a key drop just changes the momentum it felt like that was going for the Seahawks in that second half. You know, they they had been rolling. They'd gotten the touchdowns, even in spite of the the Packers getting a touchdown in the third quarter. So it it felt to me in that moment that Russell Wilson was going to be able to drive the length of the field and get it done like he has like he's done almost the entire season.
1: Here's the thing, Brandon. You know, we kind of talked about it last week, the offensive line. We saw Dwayne Brown come back. Uh, I think there was still a little bit of rust for him, obviously, with being out for the last couple of weeks. Uh, but ultimately, where do you play the blame on here? Do you, you place it on the offensive line and the inability to move the football on the ground outside of Russell Wilson uh, doing some things scrambling-wise or on the defense for just that uh, tough start in the first half?
0: Well, you know, I, if you're apportioning blame, I think it, uh, it probably goes more toward the defense because the fact of them giving up three touchdowns in the first half and, you know, when you give up that many points and you're not able to hold them to at least one third down, make them kick a field goal in any of those scenarios, you know, they were down on the goal line and had third, third and one situations twice. And one time it looked like they actually stopped him, but the officials called the touchdown. They go back to the replay. You can't really see the football, but uh, you know, if they're going by the helmet, then yes, I, he got in. If they're going by the football, probably not. Uh, We, I seem to remember another part in the game where they had trouble deciding where the football was Uh, maybe that Jimmy Graham catch right at the end. But uh, you know, I don't know if any of those necessarily make the difference it's uh it's just that the defense didn't quite play well enough. And really, you know, you pointed at the offensive line and that rust with Dwayne Dwayne Brown. And you look at the fact that they were down to Phil Haynes, which is their third string left guard after Jamarco Jones went out early in the game. So Russell was getting a lot of pressure and not able to really move the ball down the field in that first half. So I think you have to give some of the blame to the offensive line. You have to give some of the credit to the Packers defensive line and Zedarius Smith, who's an outstanding pass rusher. So it uh, overall, there's there's definitely a lot of blame to go around, which is why to me it feels like you, you can't be too upset about the loss because it's, you know, an overall team loss, really.
1: Very true, very true, and this is what I want to get your thoughts on too, Brandon, because again, you go back to that drive where Russell Wilson had it, third and five. Unfortunately, uh, Russell Wilson gets sacked, never sees, I believe it was Preston Smith coming, and uh, so it creates fourth down and long. Uh, Obviously, we see Carroll punt the ball away, still had the two-minute warning over a little bit, two minutes uh, before the end of the game. Uh, Do you think Carroll should have gone forward, or was the punt the right call, you think?
0: Not only did he have the two-minute warning, but something very unusual for a Pete Carroll coach team. He still had all three timeouts with under four minutes to go. So uh, to me, of course, it was the right decision in the moment. Now, I think they could have made a different decision. And I don't know if it's right or wrong, but allowing Russell to go for it on fourth and 11, you know that's a really low-percentage type play, the fact that he just got sacked on third down right before the pressure is going to be coming once again on fourth and 11, they're probably going to try and blitz them. And, you know, if they get sacked in that position too, the thing that I wonder about though is Green Bay then would have been in field goal position and considering they were up five points, you know, they would have had a decision to make and maybe they do just go on and and get back-to-back first downs and close it out anyway, But, you know, if you're able to force them into a situation to where maybe they have to try a field goal, we saw a missed field goal earlier on by the Seahawks kicker. So I think it would have made things interesting, but maybe interesting in a different way. I do expect the Seahawks defense with three timeouts and the two minute warning to get one stop. In that situation, I have counted on it in the past, and I know the defense isn't quite as good now as they were back then. But in those situations, I I do kind of give the advantage to the defense. And Aaron Rodgers was just better than the Seahawks defense on on third down twice in a row.
1: Brandon, obviously, you mentioned that play earlier. Jimmy Graham uh, makes the catch. The spot of the ball was obviously the controversial part of it. Ah, uh, give me your thoughts on the play and uh, in what you thought about it since then?
0: Well, it's hard to tell exactly where it was. And usually, in that scenario, you do see the officials generally give the team the first down. I was kind of I'm trying to remember back, and I don't even remember if they came out to measure it once they decided where to spot the football. So, that was kind of the the curious thing to me. And obviously the line, I think if you go back and you watch the TV copy, you watch the replays and where they were, it did look like the yellow line on the TV was ahead of where the actual first down marker was. So I, I don't know. If he, if he was just a few inches short of the first down, I, I still would have liked to see them go for it, make a, a dramatic moment at the end, make Aaron Rodgers have to, take a snap successfully maybe try a quarterback sneak maybe try and run up the middle yet the thing is i would rather see a play rather than just see a kneel down in that situation so obviously i, I was rooting for it to be fourth down uh, no matter how much space they had to try and, and to get a first down in that scenario
1: right now my feature guest is Brandon Schultz from the Seankers and Field Goals podcast as we are getting his thoughts on the loss to green bay uh brandon now moving forward looking into the off season Obviously, another uh, successful season for the Seahawks, getting to the second round of the playoffs Uh, with everything that they did. Magical season from Russell Wilson, just high prolific numbers, uh, just showing uh, how good this guy is, even though it seems like the rest of the media sells this guy short because he should be in the conversation with the Patrick Mahomes and and with Aaron Rodgers of the NFL. But for you, going into this offseason, $62 million available. Obviously, Clowney's one of the big names that the Seahawks would like to have back. What's the biggest offseason need you want the Seahawks to address?
0: It has to be on both the offensive line and the defensive line. And I counted it up and Mike is going to be a free agent, Germaine is going to be a free agent, and then you even have Joey Hunt who is a starter on the offensive line at center for so many for so many games this year that's going to be a free agent too. So, they have three guys that are potentially, you know, played a lot of snaps on uh, first-team offense, that they're losing on the offensive line, and then you go over to the defensive line, and that's the same thing. Jadevian Clowney is going to be a free agent. Quentin Jefferson, who played a lot of time, Ziggy Anza, who didn't really work out this year, Al Woods, who you know for up until he was suspended was a full-time run-stopping guy on first and second down. So they're losing a lot, particularly at those two positions, and really those are two of the most important spots. On, on either side of the ball. So I think that with that money, that's where they're gonna have to invest it. And with the, the MVP type quarterback, uh, I I would actually lean, you know, more toward the offensive line and, and trying to keep as many of those guys together. I don't know if you want to keep Jermaine Effetti necessarily because he he's been such a problem overall. But you know maybe you can upgrade that spot in the offseason and keep Jadevian Clowney, who I think is priority number one. Uh, stars like him you just can't get them you know and just out of anywhere and you can't draft them high the Seahawks never draft high anyway so I think that's probably going to be your priority on the defensive line
1: Brandon do you feel like they need to address the offensive line uh, either through the draft and then go through defensive line through free agency or vice versa how would you like to see the Seahawks kind of address either one of those positions either through the draft or free agency
0: I I think it is going to depend on the players available at that point when it comes to the draft. And obviously, you you have free agency to work on those positions before you get to the draft. So, you know, I would like to see them shore up both sides of the ball and probably address it at free agency first. And then you take the player that kind of falls to you at that 27th spot. And that way you can kind of decide if you want to go with the offensive line, go with the defensive line. And who knows, you know, Dwayne Brown, he's not getting any younger. Maybe you're starting to look for a left tackle of the future, too. I know drafting that late in the first round, you're you're really hoping that it's a, a deep draft for offensive linemen then at that point, because as we've seen in the past, the Seahawks, you know, even drafting tackles drafting guards at the bottom of the first round it is tough to find that future star it usually takes you know two three four years before a guy really feels you know solidly at that position
1: my featured guest is brandon schultz from the seahawkers and field goals podcast coming up next here with brandon we'll get his thoughts on the afc and nfc title games and we'll make our picks next here on the knock on sports We've only got three games left of the NFL season as we're down to the AFC and NFC title games and then only the Super Bowl remains. I do not count the Pro Bowl. And right now joining us here on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline is Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals Podcast. Uh, Brandon, let's just start with the AFC title game. Kind of want to get your takeaways on that game as uh, we see... Uh, Derek Henry and what he's been able to do and just seems like the Hulk buster, if you will, Uh, doesn't seem like anybody can bring this guy down and the Titans with their uh, ability to run the football, don't have to throw the ball a whole lot versus the Chiefs who can't run the ball, but love to throw the ball a lot.
0: (laughs) I don't know what's happened, though, with my picks, Anthony, going into the postseason. as, As well as I did in the regular season, I am completely 180 in the off season. So I don't know if I should pick against my instincts now as, as we go into these last few games, but this is going to be a fun game. And I, I don't know if I appreciate your slide on the pro bowl. Now that the Seahawks coaches are going to be coaching the <laughs> NFC team in the pro bowl, but I, I, I'll let that slide. Uh, Derek Henry, you know, it's uh, it's fun to watch this guy run in the postseason, And it's, it's interesting to see, you know, just how much emphasis has been on the passing game. You have almost two uh, alter, alternative types of offenses. You know, you have the, the Titans offense, which is just run the football, pound it with Derrick Henry. Tannehill is able to at least, you know, do some things down the field. And then you have the high flying Kansas City Chiefs offense with Patrick Mahomes. And even when they go down 24 points to the Houston Texans, he's able to, to bring them back and still demolish the Texans. So I am still leaning toward the Chiefs just because they have an offense that is so explosive. I don't think that the Titans defense is, you know, so great that, you know, they're going to be able to to do things to to frustrate uh, the Chiefs offense. So I, I do have to go with Patrick Mahomes uh, and and they at least, you know, they've they made some moves in last offseason, getting Tyron Matthew, getting Frank Clark to add to that defense and and make it much better than it was last season when they were playing the Patriots in the same spot.
1: It's the interesting thing about this matchup, though, Brandon, is, and it's very difficult for me because as the week has progressed, my margin of victory for the Chiefs has gotten smaller and smaller because (laughs) I look at it and I go, well, Tennessee's able to run the football. Right now, Kansas City's defense is right during the regular season at least, they're ranked 26th in rush defense. Uh, Houston did not have a running game to speak of last week, so uh, Houston really didn't challenge the Chiefs in that way. And this is what concerns me for the Chiefs going into this because I think the Chiefs or at least a, a a sexier pick for the Super Bowl uh, in a couple of weeks. But if Derrick Henry is on the field and Tennessee is able to run it down the Kansas City Chiefs' throat, uh, that, chief, that that Chiefs' defense is going to be wore out. And we've seen how fast Patrick Mahomes scores. I don't know if if it's going to be in the favor of the Chiefs if uh, that defense doesn't hold against Derrick Henry.
0: It's going to be one of the more fun games to watch, and it is hard to pick because of those reasons and uh, you know, Derrick Henry in the playoffs. I, I'm not going to count out the Titans. I, I counted out the Texans last week because I thought they, they didn't have any chance, and they get up 24 to nothing. So if the Chiefs make those same kind of mistakes early on in the game and and give the Titans extra chances and they're able to run the ball and put up points early, I think the Titans would be – they're in much better position to hold on to a lead than the Texans are. So, yeah, spot spot the Titans that many points, then the Chiefs aren't going to be able to win.
1: Then flipping it over to the other side of the NFC title game, Green Bay versus San Francisco here. Uh, first, let me get your thoughts on this, Brandon, because I have never been one to – Uh, kind of align with this thinking that if you're a a team or if you're a fan of a team that's in the same division and a team from that division is in the nfc title game you root for that team to get to the super bowl i don't subscribe to that do you subscribe to that
0: oh i I will never root for a team within the division for the super bowl never ever (laughs) ever
1: (laughs) glad to hear that glad to hear that but with that with that uh san francisco hosting the green bay packers let's just start with this do you think it'll be a blowout one way or the other again, like we saw in the first matchup?
0: I, you know, it's, it's really tough because for the San Francisco 49ers, in terms of game planning for a team like the Packers, do you go into the game thinking, okay, let's just dust off that game plan that we used before and the, to, to blow them out as badly as we did earlier? Or are the Packers going to expect that now, having gone back themselves, and gone, okay, well, this is what the 49ers did. This is what they're going to try and do again. We can't allow that to happen and and plan for it that way. So, you know, it, it's a little bit of a chess match in terms of how you might game plan. And if the 49ers decide to change it up, you know, do they do something that ends up shooting themselves in the foot to where you go, oh gosh, we should have just done what we knew worked the last time. So I, I think they're in an interesting position. I don't think it's going to be a blowout because, I think with the the pass rush that the 49ers have, I, I think with the pass rush that the Packers have too, that uh, they're going to be able to get some pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo and hopefully make this a closer game. Now, you know, when you're talking about the the, the thinking in terms of the NFL, uh, I I mean, part of me goes to the conspiratorial type thinking of you know, NFL's 100 season. What was the first Super Bowl? It was Chiefs-Packers. Both teams are in the uh, championships. Uh, maybe maybe the NFL wants something happen to happen here.
1: I was about to say, I know that's the sexier pick. I think that's the entertainment value. <laughs> that's the, But we never get that entertainment value when it comes to the Super Bowl. We never get the sexiest uh, matchup when it comes to the Super Bowl. And so I, I don't no. know if we're going to get it this time either. I we're going to
0: get the Titans and we're going to get the 49ers. It's, it's <laughs> the exact opposite of, I think, what we want.
1: Fair. Yeah, true. I, I, you could be right there. I mean, I, I am really not... Uh, shadowing that doubt that that could potentially be the matchup. But I want to ask you this, Brandon, is Aaron Rodgers one and two NFC title games. We know he's lost one uh, in in Seattle against the Seahawks. How badly do you think Aaron Rodgers needs this win for his legacy as uh, right now? He's getting older, and I don't know how many more opportunities he's going to have to get to the title game.
0: I think he he really does need this because now he has the running game. Now he has the defense. Those were two things that he didn't have. Uh, going into the Super especially in that 2014 season against the Seahawks. So now that he has those things, I think there is that little bit of extra pressure on him to try and get this done, try and get his second Super Bowl title, even just to get to his second Super Bowl. So uh, I, I do think that that pressure's on him. And we saw in the last game that, you know, as much as he may have had a little bit of pressure on him, there was, you know, he, in pressure type situations on third down to make big throws. I mean, he hits Devontae Adams on a you know twenty to thirty yard pass on third down, then he hits Jimmy Graham over the middle to to get it just to the sticks. So I think he could be in that type of position where, yeah, in the regular season, maybe it didn't quite matter so much, but now when when it's crunch time for a chance to go to the Super Bowl, I, I think we could see peak Aaron Rodgers potentially.
1: My featured guest is Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals Podcast. Brandon, if they want to catch the latest episode of the podcast, how can they do that?
0: Yeah, check it out. Uh, Friday morning, we should have a new episode of the Seahawkers Podcast, seahawkerspodcast.com, and then stay tuned at uh, fieldgoals.com, spnation.com slash NFL podcast to subscribe to that show there, and we'll have shows throughout the offseason.
1: Brandon, always appreciate the time. Looking forward to chatting with you down the road, my friend.
0: Looking forward to it.